The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. The European Central Bank, the ECB, have uh, raised interest rates again up to 3.5% at their highest level in 22 years. Dan O'Brien is a chief economist of the Institute of International and European Affairs. Dan, you're welcome to the show. Uh, what was the explanation given by Christine Lagarde and others at the ECB for this? That basically they've got it wrong about inflation and it's going to be higher for longer than they expected. So they've uh, admitted that their most recent forecast for inflation uh, was was too low. Uh, inflation is too high, and therefore they need to keep pushing down on the break of higher interest rates to slow inflation and slow the economy. What factors did they acknowledge today as being responsible for continuing to push things upwards? Well, that uh, you know that what we've seen is that energy and food prices, which have been the big components of higher inflation, they have not come down as fast as expected, particularly food and inflation outside of those areas um, across the board. You know, particularly in the in services sector rather than in uh, tangible goods, uh, has remained higher than expected. Uh, and overall looking at what's happening to inflation and that's absolutely correct that the numbers are not good those of us like me who thought inflation would be more transitory uh, that hasn't come to pass uh, and therefore they need to touch that break uh, a little bit harder and suggest that they're going to touch it again uh, next month and possibly in September as well. So how long before we get back down towards the kind of this Goldilocks figure of about two percent? At this stage, they, they are saying that it's going to be well over another two-year time horizon before we get to that. Um, but this is highly unpredictable. Let's mm. uh, be honest, Karen, with people. You know, those of us in, in the economics profession have not been good at forecasting inflation these days and predicting where it's going to go. Uh, so there's a lot of uncertainty. And in fairness, the ECB acknowledges the uncertainties and it acknowledges uh, the risks involved that, you know, if it presses down too hard on the break, it could stall the economy too much and create an unemployment. It could also trigger a financial crisis, which would definitely have an effect on the economy as well. On the other hand, if it doesn't try and bring down inflation and do more, we get locked into this cycle where you know, prices are going up fast and nobody likes that. Um, that eats into people's purchasing power. So we don't want that. So it's a difficult balancing act for them to press down that break, but not press too hard and create a situation that's even worse than than high inflation. Uh, So people listening yesterday will remember that Emmett Oliver was telling us about uh, the Fed in the US and Jerome Powell um, uh, that an expected increase in their interest rates was not happening. Um, Why why have they hit the pause button on rate hike increases and, and we haven't? Well, they've had a, they had back in March. People may remember back earlier in the year they had a few quite significant sized banks failing in the U.S. So there was a fear that exactly that by hitting they've been hitting the brakes over there in the U.S. as well by raising interest rates. That's exposing problems in the financial system. And let's just sort of remember, as, as most people who borrow money or have mortgage know, that interest rates have been extremely low for a very long period of time. In fact, it's historically very unusual to have 10, 12 years with, with rates basically at zero. Uh, when, people, when you have rates very low, people can borrow money and make investments that are profitable with very low interest. 
they suddenly become unprofitable when interest rates rise a lot. So that's why there's a big fear in the, in the, in the financial system that a lot of people are going to be exposed, the tide has gone out, and this is going to cause problems. We've already seen it in the US with multiple, multiple banks going under. The fear in the US is that if they were to touch that break a bit harder, uh, they would create more problems in the financial system. And they also have the advantage that they started inflation earlier than we did, and it's come down a good bit more than it's come down on this side of the Atlantic. So they had a bit of leeway not to hit that break again, whereas that's clearly not the case when we look at inflation on this side of the, on okay. the, on this so, side of the Atlantic. So it, it was a triumph maybe of, of what hope over experience when people heard that news and uh, like myself and thought, well, maybe this is the end of it. No, I, I, there was no. I don't think anybody who was looking at the signaling coming out of the central, the, the European Central Bank, was thinking they were they were going to end it. And today just reinforces the likelihood that when they meet again next month in July, that they're going to increase rates by another quarter of a percentage point. And unless we get good data on inflation over the rest of the summer. When they get back in the autumn, chances are they'll tip on that break again and jack up rates by another quarter percentage point. And what is the likely impact then of all of this on the Irish economy? Well, so far, it's been reasonably modest. You know, mm. we know uh, that the, the economy has continued to, to grow pretty well by, by most measures. It maybe had a slacker period during the winter, uh, but like the rest of Europe, it's been incredibly resilient. You know, if you go back to last summer, everyone in the economics business was extremely worried that we were going to be in for a very deep recession. You know, what with the war and the consequences on energy, higher inflation, eating into people's purchasing power, that all of these things were going to come together and cause a very deep slump. So the the, the Irish economy, uh, as well as the rest of the European economy, has really been remarkably resilient. Um, and these interest rates have not slowed things as much as the either the ECB themselves thought, or I think as most um, commentators and analysts would have expected. Uh, uh, despite that, I know I was talking uh, to a builder relatively recently who, who suggested he wasn't going to finish the next phase or embark on the next phase of, of, of a housing estate because he felt that he needed because of uh, just the inflation when it came to labour costs and material costs, he needed to increase the price point and he didn't think there was a market at the increased price point because of increased borrowing costs for people. And that, that's where lots of people will feel this. It's borrowing costs yeah. and, this, and it's, the, it's the mortgage payment every month. But look, you know, I have to say, you know, go back to pre-pandemic and I was pretty optimistic that, that supply and demand for in the, in the housing market would move, start moving to moving into line. And that indeed was, was happening. And then we had the pandemic and that has knocked so many things out of kilter. One of the negatives for that is that it makes for a developer to borrow money and finance a, 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 a development more expensive. We've also had very big inflation in terms of building materials. That means the price for uh, homes has to has to go up to cover that, and that is like your builder friend. You know that is that is disincentivizing a lot of people to get into the building uh, business and to build more homes, which uh, the world and his wife knows we we desperately need here. So this is a you know one of the big downsides from what's happening. Uh, well, I I appreciate the point you made earlier. I mean, this is very hard to predict what is going to happen. But as you look into the crystal ball and the kind of the medium term, it, it, how much fear is there about energy inflation recurring again maybe not to the extent we saw it last year but something like it as 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 europe experiences winter 
Yeah, I think much less so because okay. we came through, we showed last year across Europe, particularly with something called liquefied natural gas, that instead of depending on, on, on Russia, and we cut hugely the amount of, of gas we took in from Russia, that Europe was able to go out into the world and buy these big floating containers of liquefied natural gas, which meant that we never had the outages that many people feared last winter. We didn't even come close to it. And we've managed to keep those stores of gas very high. So right now, we're, they're much higher than they normally would be. So I think we can be sort of confident or much more confident going into this winter that we're not going to have a, a really serious situation when it, when it comes to energy. And it was that fear that was driving this sort of panic prices last year mm. and pushing energy up. So I think the worst of that is almost certainly over you know, provided something doesn't happen to Nor Norwegian gas or, you know, some unanticipated big event. All right. Well, uh, they can happen, but by their nature, they are unanticipated. Dan, thanks a million. Dan O'Brien, Chief Economist of the Institute of International and European Affairs. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.